Welcome to Healthy Wealthy You, where we'll continue to explore all aspects of functional medicine and good health. We'll help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. Now, here is your host, Dr. Camille Vardy. Hello, and welcome to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille. And as you know, one of the recurring themes on our show is that in order to be healthy as individuals, we need a healthy society. We need a society that supports our well being. And I do feel concerned that we're getting further and further away from that. The human potential movement often discusses becoming empowered. But I find that when I mentioned that I was planning to do an episode on power dynamics in relationships, several people were visibly uncomfortable. And that reaction happens because too often power is misused and abused. There's a huge negative connotation to the word, but we need to overcome that stigma and understand power if we are to become empowered. Power is not about control. When we try to control or change other people, we actually lose power. We give our power away. Power exists in relationships, whether we actively recognize it or not. And it's said that one of the things that is needed for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. I feel concerned that too many people are shying away from using their power, using their voice in healthy ways. Too many people in our society are so busy just surviving from day to day to the point where our basic humanity is being whittled away. So I want to focus today on conscious empowerment, ethical empowerment. And to do that, I'm welcoming our guest for today, Gail Rudolph, an expert on the subtleties of power dynamics. She is the author of the book, Power Up, Power Down, How to Reclaim Control and Make Every Situation a win-win. It's been a bestseller on the Wall Street Journal, the USA Today, and Amazon bestseller lists. Gail is an executive coach, author, and trainer with 25 years serving in more leadership positions than I could possibly include here. She's been executive director for John Maxwell and has served on the President's Advisory Council. She is a trainer and ethical practitioner in the Cialdini method, including his six principles of persuasion. She's the CEO and founder of Gail Rudolph Collaborative, working with individuals, teams, and organizations to maximize their impact, helping them pivot, change, grow, and move beyond what they've previously achieved. She is an expert on mindset and interpersonal power, including a focus on inclusion and diversity. Gail's mission is to help others become positive agents of change. Welcome, Gail. Thank you so much for being on today's show. Welcome, Dr. Vardy. Thank you so much for the amazing introduction. (laughs) Oh, well, I really appreciate you being here. Can you share with us? How would you define interpersonal power? 
Well, you know, as you said in your introduction, when you talk about power, people get, um, they get a little leery, they get a little upset. And that's because I think that we have this misconception. It's been misused in our society. It's people have misused their position and they've confused what power is. You know, so many times we think power is about violence or aggression, or it's kind of about being angry or scary. It's very controlling, but power is not that. You see, when we talk about power, when I define power, it's simply the capacity or the ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or a course of events. It's about influence, which we can't accomplish anything, any any time of our day without having influence. And power is kind of I like to describe it. It's kind of like the wind. It's this mysterious energy and that ebbs and flows. And it happens every time we interact with people. And what's great about it is that power dynamics are working right and they're healthy in every interaction we have. It creates a very positive experience. But if the power dynamics are off, that's when we start feeling this, the, this um, icky feeling about power. And we don't know how to handle it. And that's what I love because it's always there. It's always available for us to grasp hold of. We can actually start stepping into our power at any moment, at any time. It doesn't matter what the other person's doing because remember, it's about the capacity or the ability to direct or influence. And when we can step into our power the right way, it actually creates a positive experience. So One thing that I always tell people about power is that so many times we think that the other person has to have the upper hand, but power is always present. And I named my book Power Up, Power Down because there's two aspects to power, and it's a choice that we make. Viktor Frankl talked about, you know, the space between a stimulus and response, and it's a choice that we make, and it's actually the balance of the two choices of power that helps us to harness our power and it makes us effective in using our own true interpersonal power. So how do we step into power? You know, power is about choice. It's always about choice. Um, When we step into power, it's both a form of verbal and nonverbal communication. So When we think about power, I wrote my book as a guidebook. I wrote it because I was a recovering people pleaser. I didn't understand power dynamics. And I think that's the biggest thing we have in our society today is we don't understand power. We've become fearful of power. And it's not something to be fearful. It's something to harness. And it's something to to harness within ourselves. So we step into power both verbally and non-verbally. So powering up is a choice that we make to step into a fuller presence. Something like uh, making eye contact or, you know, I love with the animal kingdom, like taking up more space. And when we do that, we power up in the right way. It doesn't become controlling or dominant. It's holding our own interpersonal power in any situation we're in. Powering down, on the other hand, many people think that powering down is not effective, that it might not be as beneficial to power down. 
And I actually believe that powering down can be more beneficial because powering down is an intentional way of kind of changing our stance or expressing empathy, maybe giving other people the chance to interrupt us. It's using a softer volume when we're speaking and it may be using inclusive languages. See, when we talk about powering down, it's an intentional way to hold our power while make, making other people feel at ease. So the one thing we know about humans, right, is that when we feel pushed, we push back. And when we understand power dynamics, we don't push back. We don't push people. And that's where you choose to power up or power down. Because when you are in this situation where you're just pushing against each other, where you're fighting for this power or or this interaction takes place, nothing ever gets accomplished. I do an exercise with, with people when I train on this and I ask them to plan a picnic and to power up the entire time. They can't get the picnic planned because it then becomes all about the people being right or being pushed against. And that's why I love talking about powering down because powering down is helping to make the other person feel comfortable. Some of my favorite people on powering down is like Martin Luther King. He was the ultimate in powering down and look at the things that he accomplished. Um, so it's about making a choice in our verbal and our nonverbal communication to make sure we're not getting into power struggles. It's avoiding the power struggles while remaining an empowered person. And how would you recommend we present ourselves as empowered people? Well, you know, many times I think that people are very surprised to learn that they actually choose their place on the power continuum, you know, and people treat us according to how we choose our place. Now, I know that some people might not like to hear that, but we actually have a relationship with power and we choose sometimes whether to be powerful or not be powerful. There's this exercise that we did at Stanford when I was working um, on my leadership uh, in the Graduate School of Business, and I just absolutely love it. And what they did is they took a deck of cards and they passed a card out to everybody, but they, you weren't allowed to look at it. So you turned it outward so people could see the card, but you couldn't see who it was. And then they divided the cards up. So anybody that, that had a number card or below, like a nine or below, right, were, were workers, you know, like frontline people, like people like janitors and, and people like that. And the people that were um, leadership were the top cards, right, like the kings, queens. And then you had middle management as, as the lower face cards and, and the 10. And what would happen was, you were to go around the room and interact with as many people as you could based on what card they had. And so if you were interacting with somebody in senior leadership, you were to interact them as if that's who they were. Or if you were acting with somebody as a janitor, you were to interact with them as that. And then at the end of the exercise, so we went around that as many people as we could. And at the end of the exercise, that we, we were asked to divide or self-select where we thought we, be, we belonged, whether we were in leadership or middle management or the frontline people. And what was surprising to me is every single person in the room picked the right category by the way that people were treating them. 
But what's interesting about power is that we can change that interaction by the way we respond. You see, what happens is when people start treating us a certain way, it gets inside of us. It gets inside our head. I love the quote where it says, a ship doesn't sink because there's water outside them. It ship sinks because the water gets inside them. And we start believing that we have lesser value. And when we start believing we have lesser value, we start picking our power position on a lower place on the power continuum. When we can realize that we have all the power available to us, that we are powerful beings and that we can tap into that power and remain powerful and uh, we can actually then start changing our environment and changing our interactions. But so many times we've let these negative thoughts get in us. I, I love the idea that you know, power and leadership and, and authority is not based on a position you've been given. It's actually influence based on trust and respect you've earned. And the one thing that we know about power is if we handle power correctly, we are building long-term relationships. So many people think that power is about control and dominance, but that's not the power we're talking about at all. When we're talking about power, it's about empowering others around us. It's about collaboration. It's ethical behavior. And when we do that, we create great experiences with those people. And that's when we have influence with them to be able to, to create the environments that we want to and to change, to change the interaction. I always say we only have the power to change ourselves, but if we can change how we interact and respond to people, many times we can exchange the experience itself. And when we can change the experience, then we can change our workplace. Then we can change our community. That's when we can change the world. Absolutely. And, you know, what you were speaking about really made me think about um, how we all reacted during the pandemic. And the reality was that those frontline workers, those, those nines and eights and sevens were the most important people in our society. Nobody missed the CEOs during the pandemic. Yes. And what's interesting is those frontline workers have a lot of influence. They have power. And we saw that. And, and it's, it's very interesting when we think about power. We don't think that it's right there. It's an energy source, right? And we can just tap into it, just much like plugging in a, a, a plug for a light. We have the power there. It's limitless. And it's available to us at any given moment or time. But so many times we don't choose to tap into our own interpersonal power. Now, you talk in your book about a secret sauce to holding your power. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yes. Well, Dr. Barty, I have to tell you, I'm a recovering people pleaser. And I say recovering because if you're a people pleaser, I think you always struggle with trying to say yes to everything. But I say that your secret sauce to holding your power is actually boundaries. Many times we don't hold our own boundaries. And the secret sauce to interpersonal power is holding our boundaries. So many times we let go of our own personal limits, right? And when we do that, we give our power away. And it's only through maintaining and holding our boundaries that we can show the world where we are, will be moved and where we need to stay. So when I talk about boundaries, the one thing I like to talk about is my father. My father was a meticulous 
person at keeping the yard. He would, he took great care of the yard. And back in those days, he would go out in the evenings and he'd walk the yard looking for little pebbles because they get caught in a lawnmower and they could hurt somebody or put out a window, right? So he was always looking at the yard, taking care of it. And what was interesting is to somebody that was passing by, they would look at our yard and they'd say, what a beautiful yard. They had no idea where our yard stopped and our neighbor's yard began, but my father knew and our neighbor knew. You see, that's much like personal boundaries. See, we don't understand where we stop and the other person needs to begin, then we don't hold our boundaries. It's much like that yard in the back, in the back, right? If we don't have boundaries protecting us, if we don't know what we're to take care, care of and what is the other person's responsibility, then we get confused. I mean, I can't imagine if they didn't know where the boundary line was, what the what it would look like and how you know messy it could get because people would, you know, with the yard, people might mow sometimes, people might not mow. And it's much that way with boundaries is that we have to hold our boundaries. And that blending, that seamless blending where both people know, but... It's almost, I mean, it, it's easy and transparent is really magical when it comes to relationships. And I always tell people, you know, so many times people want to throw their rocks into our yard. And sometimes we need to pick them up and gently toss them back over. We do no favors for people by rescuing them all the time with things that they should be working on. And as a recovering people pleaser, that's what I did. I would rescue people and I would take them on as my own and not hold my own personal boundaries because what would fall down would be my personal boundaries. And then it affected me and it affected my health. And I ended up ultimately giving my power away. We can't protect ourselves physically, mentally, or emotionally if we don't know where our boundaries are. Absolutely. And I know you're going to have a lot to say about boundaries. Let's take a break here. And when we come back, we will talk more with Gail Rudolph, author of Power Up, Power Down, How to Reclaim Control and Make Every Situation a Win-Win. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille, and I'm talking today with Gail Rudolph author and executive trainer and expert on power dynamics. Um, Right before the break, we started to talk about boundaries, and I'd love to hear more about that and why you think people have such a problem with boundaries. You know, I think that we've learned from a very young age that no, even though it's a really simple word, that it's, it's a word that's a bad word. So think about, you know, as a toddler, right, we were, we would also often say no to our parents, but we quickly were told that wasn't acceptable. And I think that stuck with us as we've gotten older. And even though it's just two letters, so many times as we get older, we don't know how to say no. We've carried that belief system somehow that saying no is inappropriate. And many times impolite. And I think for women, that's especially true. You know, that, that we're told that if we say no, that it's, it's wrong, it's, it's impolite, that we shouldn't. And I always ask people, how many times have you said yes to something that you were going to do something and it came time to go do it? And you're like, I don't really want to do this. I wish I, you know, I don't want to do this. And internally, you're wishing that you had said no, but you said yes. That is indicative of not holding our boundaries. If you are constantly finding yourself in a situation where you're saying, I really didn't want to do this, but I gave them my word, so I'm doing it anyway, that's indicative that we've used, we have a wrong belief system about the word no. If, we're, if we think about boundaries, boundaries are where we need to stop. If we're going to maintain our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, um, and our mental well-being, we have to be able to say no. And I think that boundaries is a problem that starts with us at a very young age. We've been trained that it's impolite, and that's a belief system that we need to get rid of. And we have to be able to say no in order to set our own personal boundaries. You know, I talked about this once before in a, in a previous show about how life-changing it was for me when I learned to say no. And what really did it for me was this idea of deciding who I wanted to be in the world, who I wanted to be at the end of my lifetime, what was what was the legacy I wanted to leave behind? And then I learned that with that single-minded purpose to say no to everything that was not that. I was able to say to people, you know, your idea is a great idea, your cause is a great cause, but it's not my cause. And, and that changed my life because I was the same way. I said yes to too much and then ended up disappointing everyone. And I think that we also have to look at, is there some benefit that we're getting out of, out of not saying no? Is it, if we say yes to it, is it that people will see us? Maybe, maybe they'll see us as a person that's helpful and interactive and we're fulfilling another void we have in our life by not holding our own personal boundaries. 
Are we just wanting to keep peace? And we think by saying yes is a way that will make everybody like us and be happy. Um, We have to look at what causes us to not say no, to hold our boundaries and, and kind of like blur those property lines that we have. So how do you define boundaries? There are simply boundaries are just limits that we put around our time, our energy, and our money. So if we start to identify, you know, what our boundaries are, our limits that we have around our time, our energy, and our money, it becomes much easier to kind of hold true to them. Um, you know, it's easy with money because if you don't have the money, then you can't, you can't spend the money. But it becomes blurred when it comes around our time and our energy. And I think that, um, and, and I want to add one more. It's not in the book, but I'd also add our focus. We, you know, we have to, we have to control these things because they're not limitless supply. And once we identify what our limits that we have around our time, our energy, our money, and our focus, then it's much easier to hold true to them. But you know, many times we don't, you know, set the proper boundaries. And we also sometimes don't communicate what our boundaries are to other people. So many times we have people that have blurred boundaries. They don't know where our boundaries are because sometimes we hold them, sometimes they don't. Or we might have somebody in our lives that are what I call a boundary buster. And they just bust through our boundaries each and every time we try to set it. And we become complacent to this and we let it happen. And if we continue to not set our boundaries, it takes an impact on us. It takes an impact on us emotionally and physically. I mean, talk about cardiac issues. It causes anxiety in ourselves because we're doing things now that we don't want to do. So when I talked about, you know, that I go to places that I really didn't want to be doing that I wished I had said no to, but I had said yes to that's creating anxiety and, and issues inside of me that are affecting me physically. I think that people pleasing kind of comes from this need for others to like and approve of us. And when you look at social media, I think that's becoming harder these days because we're wanting more people to like us and approve to us. And when we get in this, uh, type of people pleasing, what it does is it it elevates our cortisol and we gain weight. And so many people struggle with their weight. I mean, the number one New Year's resolution these days, right, is they're going to go on a diet. You know, they're going to lose weight. But when we look at boundaries, boundaries maybe should be our New Year's resolution instead of just losing weight. Because if we know that not holding our boundaries elevates our cortisol and it causes us to weight gain, to gain weight, then we actually know we change the behaviors that cause the, the overeating. You know, the Journal of uh, Social and Clinical Psychology predicts that people people pleasers eat more in response to perceived social pressure than the general population. You know, people pleasing manifest in stress. And we know that when we get stressful, when we have that cortisol reduced or created inside of us, I mean, there, you can talk more about this than I can. The, the things, the benefits that 
or the, not the benefits, but the detriments that happen, the muscle tension, the headaches, the physical pain, the stomach pro problems, high blood pressure, sleep issues, um, nervousness, um, you know, nail biting, teeth grinding, foot tapping, high blood pressure, fatigue. Everybody's so walking around so tired. And then let's think about social withdrawal, because what happens when we say yes all the time, we eventually wear ourselves out and we, we withdraw socially. And then we try to make it up. We try to make it up with things like caffeine or cigarettes or alcohol. And what we end up doing is we start replacing what should be good things in our lives with those things that aren't good. Those cigarettes, that alcohol, the caffeine, the overworking the sleep medicine and it creates it affects us in every aspect of our lives it affects us in work we have difficulty thinking and concentrating we end up with memory problems um and let's not mention the lack of self-confidence that we we get by not holding our boundaries when we are constantly out to try to please others and say yes to others and not take care of our own needs what you are talking about here is really just this enormous sense of inadequacy that we create when we don't hold our boundaries and that feeling of not being enough. And I think so many people wake up in the morning feeling like they're never going to get through that list and, and they're never going to be enough in their lives. And we very much live in survival mode in our society. You know, there, there's, it, it's so true. And there's two types of, of people or pressures that come with, with boundaries. And one's internal and one's external. And so many times we think that, oh, they're coming, they're pushing us. It's an external pressure coming to us. But many times when we take the time to examine it, it's actually internal pressures. It's actually our negative thinking. It's our, our belief system, right, that is not serving us well that we feel that we need to, to please others. And so many people think of people pleasers as being completely powerless. But the truth of the matter is they're using a form of power to fit in and belong. And that's what I call powering down, but it's being used inappropriately. When we power down inappropriately or all the time, it leads to this people pleasing. That's why we have to understand the ebb and flow and the both sides of power that I talked about, the powering up and the powering down. And we need to understand that we have the ability to create the right type of power dynamic that's happening. You know, I always say that there's four steps to achieving maximum health and well-being when it comes to boundaries. And the first one is to examine the symptom. You know, are you saying yes to something you truly want to say no to? And the second one is identify the root cause. How are you feeling? You know, maybe what in your past or your childhood taught you to accept something that was maybe somebody else's responsibility? Um, have you ever had people or people pressure you to help them or did they threaten to withdraw love from you or affection? And that's led you to say yes. The third thing I say when it comes to boundary is identify the need. Why are you saying yes? Is it a fear of abandonment or guilt? 
what's causing you to allow this other person to push through or, or uh, bust through your boundaries and give your power away? And then the fourth one is to respond and don't react. Take a deep breath, you know, and collect yourselves. So many times we know that people are going to push our boundaries and we we know, oh, that person, they're always asking me to do something. And, you know, I find it so hard to say no. Well, think about that ahead of time. What are you, how are you going to say it? What are you going to respond? Think about your reaction ahead of time and plan for that encounter. Instead of thinking that somehow this time when you interact, then you're going to have the right things to say and it's going to magically be different. So um, I, I, I know that people don't understand that boundaries are the secret sauce. And it's really just using that powering down differently. It's, and what we need to learn when it comes to boundary is employing the subtle but very impactful ways of powering up. Things like speaking up or making direct eye contact, or maybe it's you know standing up for somebody else. It's, um, it's, it's to me, when I see that happen, I see how power dynamics get switched and changed when people stand up for other people. Again, it's taking up more space. It's about being present and full. I love the, I love the animal kingdom. When we think about a peacock, a peacock will spread its feathers out, right? And take up more space. That's like powering up. You're, you're becoming full in your presence. But that same peacock can tuck those feathers in in his train. And that's what I refer to as powering down. It's still the same bird. It's just a different way they show up. And that's where I think that we don't understand that powering up and powering down is the choice that we make in the situation to respond instead of react to what's, what's happening. And we can remain loving and kind to people, and also not be their doormat. <laughs> and you know, what often happens in relationships uh, is that we teach people how we are willing to be treated. And we do that at the outset of the relationship. And it becomes very hard to change later on down the line. It, it really does. And then we, what, what we find ourselves in is situations where people are constantly powering over us. And I think it's important to understand that we, we, have to, we have to look at those situations. And when we're in it, we have to stop and step back. And we have to actively listen to what they're saying, their tone of voice, their body language. And we have to be authentically curious as to why they're powering over us. And many times I say, find a mutual similarity, especially if it's around goals or values, and you can redirect them to that. And in that, what it does is gives you the time to find your response to turn down being having your boundary busted. And it's so important that we do that. And like I said, we end up in toxic relationships when we allow people to bust through our boundaries. Well, I'd love to take a break here. And when we come back, Gail, I'd love for you to teach us more about what we do to power up and what we do to power down. So we'll be right back with Gail Rudolph and more of Healthy Wealthy You. 
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. We're talking to Gail Rudolph, the author of Power Up, Power Down. And Gail, will you tell us more about how to power up and how to power down? I sure will. Listen, I wrote my book as a guidebook because I didn't want to, I've struggled with power and power dynamics my entire life, and I didn't want other people to have to struggle. So in my book, I've actually made power up attributes and power down attributes. So it's about, and it's a little pun on words, but it's about picking the proper power tool to use in in any and every situation. You know, there's a a quote, I think it was Maslow that said it is, uh, you know, when the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, but we can actually choose to power up or power down. So when we know if we're powering up and standing in our presence and people start pushing back, that's when you Uh, move back. And part of the dance is moving back into powering down. So some power up attributes might be some things like slowing down your speech, using a lower tone, a slightly louder volume, not yelling, because that actually gives your power away, using pauses for effect. Um, One thing I talk about is acronym use, especially with uh, industries, you know, use more acronyms, more formal speech, Abrupt topic shifts. That's a that's a part of powering up. Um, uh, exclusive language. I, me, my. Those are all signs of powering up. Using humor can be powering up. If you watch a lot of politicians or famous people or people that are in powerful positions, many times I call them their movers, not shakers, because if you watch them sit down in a meeting, many times they're moving other people's um, things that are on the table to give themselves more room, as opposed to powering down, which is to take up less space. So if you're trying to be more powerful, get there early and spread your things out. Control your expressions. Believe it or not, powering up is smiling and smiling big, right? 
as opposed to let's talk a little bit more about powering down, which is putting your head down and looking up at people. So that's one that I see um, many people who struggle with being people pleasers. They tuck their chin in and look up as opposed to putting their head back a little bit. It's again, that taking up less space, but there's a time and a place to take up less space. Powering down, now this is again, you power down when you start feeling the power struggle happen to even the playing field again, so that you don't get into the power struggles. So some things you might use is a softer volume. If you're using a rushed speech. So if you ran up a flight of stairs and you're going into a meeting, Catch your breath before you go in because a rushed speech actually gives your power away. Use everyday words instead of maybe the trade jargon you're using. Here's another one. You want to give your power away? Deflect praise or compliments. We think that's being humble, but it's actually giving away our power. Um, using speech qualifiers such as I think or just or actually or in my opinion. Justifying what you have to say, that's a way of giving your power away. Um, you know, choppy movements, being fidgety in your chair, leaning forward is a power down move. Um, moving yourself to give other people more room, making yourself small. Just like we talked about that uh, peacock, right? When you make yourself small, you're tucking your train in. Um, excessive note-taking. I love when I work with women and women executives, I talk about this because women show up with like, don't be the bag lady. We show up with a million bags and a million different things. And we frantically take notes. And many times, especially if you're working in a male dominated industry, they show up with a phone, a notepad and a pen. So, you know, look at how your surroundings are and show up that way, but don't excessively take notes. It actually gives your, your power away. Your, your shoulders forward is another way to take your power away. Being overly expressive with your emotions, covering your hand or your, or your mouth while you're you know, talking or speaking, covering your bottom lip when you're smiling. Again, I talked about your chin being down. When you are powering down, you're watching for the approval of others, you're avoiding eye contact and you have lots of head movements. I want to change a little bit here and I want to talk about an example I have of powering up and powering down. And this was, I had just got a new car and I had to go back to the dealership because they had made a mistake with the, sending me my license plate. I had spent two days on the phone with the state of California. Now that was in itself just grueling. And what it boiled down to is the dealer had made a mistake and my temporary plates had not come. I had called the dealer several times, gotten the runaround, so I knew I was going to have to show up at the dealer, expecting I was going to get the runaround. So I walk up to the front desk, and of course, this is the time during the pandemic we have masks on, so you can't see the bottom half of my face, but I had determined that I was only going to use the tools of powering up and powering down. I was not going to try to use any other way to get this problem solved. So I went up to the desk and I told them what I needed. And they're like, well, the person's not here. And I simply just looked at him and I said, well, how am I supposed to respond to the police officer when he pulls me over and my tags are expired? You know, I don't have tags that you're showing they're expired. 
And I was smiling underneath my uh, mask because I know that I'm going to maintain and be in charge of my own power throughout the entire situation. So he finally went and got somebody. I, I sat down at a small desk because they had an upstairs and I knew the person was going to be coming down these stairs. So I sat at like this three chair, little small table. I put my purse way over on one side. I leaned on one chair one way, crossed my legs and spread out the other way, took as much space as I possibly could. And I started powering up. So when he came down, I looked at him, made eye contact with him, and he came over. And of course, I'm spread out everywhere. And what was interesting is because I'm a recovering people pleaser, I started to cross my legs and lean forward. And I had to make myself spread out. But what happened throughout this entire interaction, it was a dance. Uh, every time... Um, he started to push back, I would power down. I'd use a power down move. I changed my, my speech. I'd use uh, inclusive language. When I wanted to power up, I'd take up more space. I'd use uh, a lot of those things. I'd tilt my head back. All I did was use these power moves. Not only did I get the license plate issue taken care of from a person who was, that was not their job, but the manager of the dealership called me the next day. And he said to me, I understand we made a big mistake and you could have come in very upset. He said, but my team said you were absolutely a joy to work with. And I just want to thank you for being an awesome customer. See, powering up and powering down is making the choice to use the right power tools in whatever situation that we have. And I think that we forget many times that we have power at our ability and powering up and powering down is the dance that we use as we interact with people. It's about influence. It's about creating an environment where everybody is empowered. If I had went in yelling, the person would have hunkered down and I probably wouldn't have gotten anything accomplished. And that's the one thing I like to remind everybody when we yell or we get upset, we give our power away. You know, so many times I think we struggle with this as we become older, too, as roles switch in our families. I remember as my mother started aging and as her child, it was very hard for me to step up into a position to tell her no and to understand that the power dynamics now played out as two adults and not as a child and a parent. I have two children, one's 30 and one's 27. And I have to remind myself of this, that I'm no longer their parent. Parenting is one of those positions that you work yourself out of a job. And if you do it right, you've got great thriving children and being able to recognize that and that the power dynamics actually shift in the family when your children become grown. And when you're grown up dealing with your aging parents, I think it's so important to look at those familial patterns because so oftentimes the patterns and the power dynamics that we set as toddlers, we carry them with our parents throughout our lives. We could be 30 and 40 and 50 years old and still relating to them in that way. And until we shift into being adults together, into creating new patterns, we can stay in that lifelong. And it's important to be conscious of allowing that in our children. 
And um, those patterns oftentimes are how we relate to the entire world, how we relate to our spouses, how we relate at work. So being conscious of these patterns that you're talking about, I think is so valuable. Now, you also speak in your book about the ways we can increase our love for ourselves. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I think that many times that we don't tap into our power or we choose to power down inappropriately in places where we should be holding our power or being using more power up techniques because we need to love ourselves. And by loving ourselves, we can actually increase our own personal power. So the five ways I say to love yourself through personal power is the first thing. And you can start this in the next five minutes. It's not something you have to go out and learn. That's what I love about these is that if you want to love yourself through personal power, know that the law of power energy is limitless. It's always there for you to step in, to, to pick a power up tool and to step into your power. The second thing I say is to harness the negative self-talk. You know, so many times we talk to ourselves in ways we would never talk to our friends. Harness your negative self-talk, replace it with positive affirmations, positive things about yourself. You know, sometimes I say in order to erase it, we have to replace it. Our brain doesn't like blank space. So replace it with something positive. The, th the third way to step into personal power and to love yourself is to establish your boundaries and to do that ahead of time. Make sure that you're prepared for those situations where people are going to try to bust through your boundaries and hold your boundaries tight. The fourth thing about loving yourself is to respond to people instead of react. Strive to master our emotions, to make the choice about what we're going to do, which leads to the fifth one, is use the proper and correct power tool. If you can, assess any and every situation ahead of time and choose the power tools that you're going to use. What I tell people with the power tools and, and the attributes is to Make sure and practice a few at a time. When you get comfortable using those, add a few more. Don't try to take the whole list all at one time. We naturally gravitate to some of them, which leads to us picking our place on the power continuum. If it's power down all the time, we're picking a lower place on the power continuum. If it's powering up all the time, we're creating a, a a gap between us and other people and we lose our influence. It's about using both of them. So choose the correct power tool. So those are what I have for you today on how to love yourself through your personal empowerment. This has been great, Gail. Is there anything else that you'd like to add um, as we wrap up and how can people uh, connect with you more and learn more about powering up and powering down? You know, I think that the thing that I, I would like to say as we close is that power is something you already have. It's not something that you have to go out and get. See, by harnessing our power, it provides us with the freedom to allow ourselves and to allow other people to have a voice, to be heard. It cultivate, cultivates trust in every relationship. See, when we stand in our power, we actually give other people the ability to do the same. It allows us to maintain a life that we can be proud of and that we can thoroughly enjoy. And then we can use our talents to the fullest and live to our purpose. 
power is something you already have. It's limitless. You can tap into it today, right now, and learn to respond instead of react in different situations. And I just hope that I've given some tools to everybody so that they can actually harness their own interpersonal power. If they would like to learn more, if you would like to learn more, Dr. Vardy, I've done something for your audience. And that is they can go to gailgift.com, G-A-I-L-G-I-F-T.com. And they can actually get a digital copy instantly of my book, Power Up, Power Down. They get a video on how to be liked by everybody, how to create dopamine with people that they're around so that people like them. And they have an opportunity to get a three-day challenge. It's a $1,000 worth of materials and training that we're providing. And we're asking for a dollar processing fee so that people can get this material in their hands. I don't want people to struggle like I've struggled my entire life. And that's why I said we want to provide these resources to people so that they can help step into their power. Those are amazing gifts. And I thank you so much, Gail. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been Gail Rudolph, and this is Healthy Wealthy You. Thank you so much for being with us today. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Healthy Wealthy You. Have a question but weren't able to get on the show today? Join us next week and call in. Until then, hold that inspiration.